Stella, you be quiet over there. How do we get a mic on Stella? Do we need to get a mic on Stella? <laughs> she snorts on a pig. Or pig dog. Pig dog. That jingling you can hear is pig dog. Also known as Stella. Stella. <sighs> Barnaby. Wallace. Um, You're dogging me, consultant. All right. Well, I suppose it's time for us to start Jump this episode right in. of the Video Reformation. You're probably wondering why I sound so much better this week. You, the question is, will you? <laughs> Over the course of the episode. We've yeah. had a eagle-eared producer of ours, as well as an eagle-eared... It's not eagle-eared, is it? It's eagle-eyed. What would be... What would be the eagle-eared? Owl-eared. What's a good listener? Deer? Dog? Dog's a dog-eared. Yeah, dog dog. yeah. So we had a dog-eared producer here uh, mentioned yesterday and a dog-eared listener mentioned today that uh, Justin needs to move his mic closer to his mouth hole when he leans back in his chair. Um, so instead of doing that, we just gave him the better mic and the uh, the acoustic treatment. Acoustic treatment there, and um, we'll see who sounds better: the undisciplined leaning Justin or the more rigid leaning forward into the mic, Ben. You're very deliberate. I mean, you kind of just pick that one position and just stick with it. Hey, I'm slow. I'm spinning around, stretching. Touching. You get up to pee in the middle of an episode? Yeah. Yeah? I'll take the mic with me. Okay. Um, you'll have to take the recorder with you, too. It's not wireless. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Video Reformation Podcast. I am Ben. I'm Justin. That's Justin. We're the <coughs> co-founders of Storyboard Media and your hosts on this semi-pointless journey through... And I say semi-pointless because half of our podcasts are pointless. My half. Between... <laughs> Yeah, but you're leaning back so nobody can hear you anyway. <laughs> um, today we're going to talk about analysis. So this is the seventh phase in our seven phases of practicing effective video for After business. this, we're done, right? Yeah. We'll have to come up with some new ideas because okay. this gave us like six solid weeks of, uh, of episodes to, to follow up on. Um, so before we jump into analysis, though, uh, it appears that it's time for, and I know this has been a really stressful week um, with, there's been a lot happening behind the scenes with our sponsorships, um, but it is time to introduce our sponsor for the for this episode. Yeah, it's a, an all discussion for dogs uh, and due to some circumstances outside of our control, outside of the client. Well, I guess it was within our client's control, but they yeah, had multiple. Probably, you probably heard about it on the news. Yeah, multiple organizations have come forward standing against this. The FDA. FDA, PETA. PETA yeah, yep. the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. They were there in, in person. Mm-hmm. On horses. Yeah. Yep. I want to say the GOP. Yep. Um, EPA. Uh-huh. Um, CIA. CIA. Um, Several, I mean... ASPCA. Yep. NAACP. And um, UNICEF. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and, and so I, I think I think we feel it's only right to, to not air the ad. Not just not air it. We, I mean, we gave... They've... They are thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt right now due to some uh, poor decision-making as well. Um, so we've returned our hundred thousand dollars. We what? I I had to. 
uh, out of principle. Oh, I thought we could just not air the ad and keep the money. I can ask for it back. Okay, that sounds like a good business decision. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's only right that we not air it. Um, it's dirty money. It's it's just dirty, dirty money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we're sorry we uh, we don't have a sponsor this week. And I, and I think just to to echo that for the you know specifically to any of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police who are listening, we're also very sorry about uh, what uh, about about what transpired. And uh, yeah, so uh, we've learned. I feel like I've grown as a person from this. Yeah, we didn't we didn't really do anything, but well, apparently we gave the money back. We need to. <laughs> and very I just sorry. learned that. <laughs> sorry about that. All right. <clears throat> um, so back to uh, back to the show. Yeah. So yeah, welcome to that new sponsor. Thank um, you. They are uh, probably going to stick around with us for a long time. I, I, I imagine they will. It's, it's about time. Mm-hmm. Episode to episode, we just they listen to the episode and they're like, "Nope, sorry, didn't work, didn't work, nothing." This one's this one's Th- this keeper. one's going to stick. Yeah. Yep. So <clears throat> let's um, uh, talk about analysis today. Let's do it. It's the seventh and final phase. Of our seven phases. Yeah, so let's just recap all the phases here. Okay, so we started with our foundation of strategy, and then everything else was basically just executing that strategy. <laughs> so we've walked through pre-production, production. Uh, we kind of fudge production a little bit. Post-production. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we talked about, we spent the last two episodes talking about distribution and then promotion, which are mm-hmm. often tied together. And, and now that we've now that we've planned the video, we've shot the video, we've edited the video, we've distributed the video we've promoted the video now did it work right what happened what do we learn what do we do next why did we do this and did we do what we set out to do so we're going to talk a little bit about metrics i tend to group metrics down into two groups vanity metrics and value metrics so we'll talk a little bit about the advantages of either just because i call them vanity metrics they aren't necessarily useless Mm -hmm. but you learn different things from vanity metrics than you learn from value metrics we're going to talk a little bit about insights, because honestly, anytime you're talking about analysis, it's just numbers. Numbers are just numbers. Like mm-hmm. metrics are metrics, and and without somebody to provide some context and understand what that all means, they're not really actionable. Mm-hmm. So understanding what these numbers mean is a big part of analysis. And then, what did we learn from those insights, and what can we do next? Do next. Yeah. What do we do differently next time? What do we tweak to this? That kind of thing. And I think it's important to to note also that this isn't you don't necessarily just analyze a video like once, right? This is an ongoing practice. Sure, this is something that this is what the 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 main part of the pyramid of our seven steps that make this a practice. Yes, yeah. It's also it's also important to to look at your video library as a whole because there are certain things you can learn about individual videos, but there are also certain things you can learn about your content overall Mm -hmm. your viewers overall yeah and i think you know that really lines up with the part of the manifesto that you know that talks about um measuring right we'll we'll measure every everything that Mm -hmm. we can and but we'll also learn from Mm -hmm. that so so that's something that that we should discuss a little bit too is is not just and i and to me that's really where i see the value in in the vanity metrics is as opposed to the value in the value <laughs> metrics. The value in the vanity <clears throat> metrics is that you get to kind of test a lot of those suppositions. Did we do this right? Mm-hmm. Did we have the right assumptions about our audience? Those kinds of things. Shall we jump in? 
Let's do it. All right. Why don't you start by, you've got vanity metrics, value metrics. Mm-hmm. Tell me what the difference is there. The vanity metrics are a lot of the player metrics that you see. A lot of stuff that YouTube provides. Mm-hmm. So it's number of views. It's play rate, which play rate is basically of the people who loaded this, the web page that this video is embedded on, how many people clicked play. Engagement, which is how much of the video did they watch? And it's not always necessarily that somebody has to watch all of a video. If there's a webinar or if there's a how-to series or something, once they have the information they need, they don't have to watch the entire thing necessarily. So, um, but you don't you don't find value. It well, I know you've already said you find value in some of those things, but mm-hmm. why is that? Why is engagement classified? that way as a vanity metric well i think so much of it is just how it's been positioned by hosting platforms that provide these types of analytics everything is about increasing engagement getting people to watch more of your video and i think part of the evolution of video for business is that one if you're being specific then you're probably creating more shorter content and so yes it makes sense that you want if you're making one point in your video Mm -hmm. you want somebody to watch all of that point and then take the action that you want to them to take but i think it also comes from this this maybe five or six year old version of of hosting where you didn't have the opportunity to build in any calls to action so it was something that was like baked into your edit Mm -hmm. and at the end of your video you'd go to like the client logo and then learn more at Mm -hmm. or sign up for a free trial at and so it was all about getting people to get to that moment in the end where you finally, for the first time, ask them to do the thing you want them to do. And there's so many tools now that give you the ability to do that before, during, and after the video mm-hmm. that, you know, with, with whether it be custom events or, or pop-ups or annotations or whatever, that you don't necessarily have to get to the end of a video. So if somebody's got the information they need to move on in that journey, Mm -hmm. whether move on to another question or self-select out or say, yes, this is right for me, then I don't know. It's just one of those that that I feel like there's been a lot of importance put on, but it's not necessarily as important as some of the other things that you can match. But Mm -hmm. again, I see the vanity metrics as, you know, what do we learn about the content we created and what do we learn about our audience? So the engagement is going to tell you whether you made a video too long sure, or whether you should position one of your annotations or custom <clears throat> events at a different spot because now they know what they need to know. Now give them a call to, call to action and a little pop-up instead of making them wait to the end of the video. Yeah, you're not saying that vanity metrics are useless in any, I mean, you're no. not, not in any way are you saying no. that. No, I mean, I, I think I like to refer to them as vanity metrics and value metrics because being a little bit polarizing gets people's attention. Yeah. And so I think you know, well, some could contribute to revenue and some contribute to understanding your exactly. audience. And yeah. the other side of the coin is the value metrics. The value-based metrics are like your click-through rate, your conversion rate, um, advanced analytics, like revenue contri- you know, uh, attributed to a certain video mm-hmm. or video, like actually closed sales, mm-hmm. where this person who bought this watched this many videos and you know, like Vidyard has that Salesforce integration, for example. Right. That that you can set up on your dashboard exactly how much each video and your video library overall has contributed to, to revenue that you've been able to generate. Those, to me, have much more value from a business standpoint than the 
vanity metrics where you learn, okay, well, let's make this video shorter next time. Mm -hmm. Or let's put this embed above the fold on the website so that we can increase our play rate. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, what? Let's, let's put more money into our promotion campaign to get more views on this thing. So for me, it's more that I break them down between there's that like, and some of those things are public facing too, right? Like on YouTube, it shows how many views videos have to the public. There's a psychological aspect of that, that if, if you come across, if you're searching for a video and you see two videos right next to each other in your search results that maybe have exactly the same content or tell mm -hmm. you how to take these five steps exactly the same way, people are more likely to click on the one that has 3 million views over mm -hmm. the one that has 412 views. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, they, they have their, they have their value. They have their, their place in learning what you're doing, but because those are the ones that have been around longer and because those are the ones that are so often cited, it's just, I mean, if I have any themes in this podcast, it's that I kind of abhor the intellectually lazy. It's mm -hmm. like, because they've been around longer and because they're pushed by even YouTube, <clears throat> like people just think that views and engagement and play rate are all that matter. Right. And they're not, because when it comes to your business, there are metrics that are much more important to your business. The other metrics really relate to your content. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you how do you feel about that sort of halo effect? Somebody watches a video and they may have seen it as a part of a pre-roll campaign, and they don't quite take action. But it's like it's kind of like putting straws on the camel's back, you know. And it and eventually it, it takes effect. I mean, yeah. what does that mean for video? How do we attribute that? Well, I I think that's. Um, you know, I think it's something that YouTube does really well, especially when it is part of a pre-roll campaign mm -hmm. or whatever the hell they're calling it this week, um, because you can track brand lift, right? And right. so I think what you're getting at is kind of the idea between, you know, there's a, like when I was in sales, there was, there was that belief that you had to have like seven touch points with someone before they would even meet you mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. like that, right? So, so it was all about using you know, direct mail pieces and email and a drop in and, you know, local ads <clears throat> and a referral for like all of those things then built up to the opportunity. What the, f what the shit? We're all professionals How here. Damn it. Maybe it's ads calling asking for their money back. Get out of here. Who was it? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Probably some Maryland. Robocall. Yeah. Robocall. Where were we? Uh, Halo effect, brand lift, and, and the, oh, yeah. the value of that. But so, so there are multiple, especially in the B two C space. But and I think it's a little bit more limited in the B two B space. And also, people are just doing so much self educating before they reach out to anybody. This way, it helps anytime they can come across your brand. So mm -hmm. whether it's thought leadership content. Um, I know that's become kind of a buzzword, but whether it's like expertise-based thought leadership content that's presented by your brand or brand advertisements or specific content for lower in the funnel, I mean, every time every time somebody interacts with, with your brand, they're becoming more familiar with it. And I think that speaks a lot to consistency too. I mean, that's why you want to have that brand consistency because 
the better they associate certain colors and images and, and tone of voice mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. sounds with your brand, the easier it is for the subconscious part of their brain to say, oh, wait, I've seen this before. Mm-hmm. Right? I may, not, of- I may not be able to recall the name of the brand yet because I've only seen this three or four times, but, you know, okay, I've heard that audio clip before mm-hmm. i've heard i've heard that that jingle or whatever mm-hmm. i mean that's part of why jingles are so popular is because they're sticky yeah People remember them yep um so i do think there is there is a halo effect and and you just have to um you have to figure out how much value you want to put on the number of views that something is getting as opposed to you know is it reaching the right people mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. um yeah. Yeah. I mean, a thousand views to the wrong people doesn't do you any good. Right. And and if especially like if you're doing account based marketing or something like that, mm-hmm. 120 of the right people watching your video is better than a thousand of the wrong people yep. watching your video. So views we've talked about, right? Everybody knows what that is. That's just how many people who've watched the video. Yep. Right. I don't even know and how much they have to have people. watched. Well, like on Facebook, it's three <clears> seconds. <throat> on YouTube, I don't know off the top of my head. I think any any watching on Wistia and Vidyard counts as a view. Okay. Um, it feels like in the beginning, platforms used to require a certain amount to count mm-hmm. as a view, and, and then they, they all kind of <clears throat> started chopping away at that to make their platform seem more attractive to well, advertisers. And, well, and think about it. Advertisers have optimized their content so that they can get around those rules, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah. know, and now we even have, like, six-second mm-hmm. pre-roll ads. I mean, so, you know, sure, if people are going to find ways to get around, you know, not having to pay for an impression unless somebody's mm-hmm. watched three seconds on it, make sure you get your branding out there in the first two and a half seconds. Then even if people flip through it and it doesn't count as an impression that you made, they've still, still had that impression of your brand. Yep. Play rate, I think is, is to me, play rate is something you, you measure to see whether you have put your video in the right place on your website. Mm-hmm. With the right um, context, with the right context, it, but it's play rate is basically, it, I mean, it is technically of the people who have visited pages that loaded this video, who has clicked the play button. So that could be anything from uh, a custom thumbnail mm-hmm. that could very, increase that. Very helpful. Yep. Um, Putting a GIF in there. Yep, an animated GIF. A uh, did you just say GIF? I did. Wow. Finally, yeah, you've come over to the right side. No, I. <clears throat> yeah, you said it the right way. Good job. Oh, I'm sorry. Good job. Is that what I should say? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Is it is it above the fold or below the fold on on the site? Um, is it you know is it compelling? Is it is it titled properly? We've talked mm-hmm. when we talked about in in distribution about optimizing your titles like. If that embed comes up and it says whatever our go-to example is, you know, explainer video ver two mm-hmm. dash final second final, like that doesn't give people a reason to want to click on that video. But if you call it that optimized title, like how to return, you know, a defective product or whatever, it just makes it easier for people to click on it and identify or identify what it is and then click on it to learn what they mm-hmm. want to learn. 
Um, so there is a lot that you can learn from play rate engagement. Again, that's that's and and I loop into engagement rewatches because I think rewatches are really interesting too. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. just what percentage of people made it 100% of the way through the video or what percent of the video did the average viewer make it through or whatever. Like, to me, it's, you know, a tremendous opportunity to learn through rewatches which parts of your video are maybe something that your audience needs to know more about. Mm -hmm. I think Wistia's old example was when they started doing their, like, behind-the-scenes uh, videos of like how to set up a studio in, in a conference room kind of thing. What they found was that um, they did this this one shot that was kind of a behind the scenes shot where it was like walking into the room. Oh, no, no, no. I think the how to set up your, your studio in your office was a result of yes. yeah, a yeah. behind the scenes shot that they had in one of their other videos where they saw that a large percentage of their viewership was going back and like pausing it on the frames where they could actually see the lighting set up. And so they were able to deduce from that so that people wanted to see how to actually set up something to look like this. And then they ended up creating a video that showed exactly how to do that. So that was something that they were able to learn from this rewatched part. If if you're doing a, like the 80% video that we talk about, you know, maybe you're making assumptions about, what the that the what questions that 80 percent of prospects is looking to have answered but if you find that you know half the audience is re-watching the second question and nobody's really re-watching the third or fourth then maybe you know you need to create content that addresses that second question or even just addition. one person yes right on yeah. a very sales related focus you know more than one-to-one style if you see that some someone has been watching a video that you sent and watched a particular part three, four times, it might be a good time to pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. Give them a call. What do you think about, or how do you feel about likes, shares, comments, those kinds of vanity metrics? Um, I think they are very vain. I, I can't, <laughs> this is just kind of like the Luddite pessimist in me when it comes to like social media, but um, I don't care about comments. I've never been one to read comments on anything. Um, personally, I don't, I know it's that it's just not healthy. <laughs> uh, I mean, who has the time to do that? <laughs> but, um, but, but I can see how from a, I'm thinking like a, a business having their video on their FAQ page or whatever, having the opportunity to read those types of comments that would be, that could be very helpful where people are asking more detailed questions. Um, that helps you develop better content. But when you go to YouTube and you're watching a, a music video, I mean, we, this is not what we're talking about necessarily is is just music videos, but um, it's not like we've ever done a music video before. <laughs> For business? <laughs> um, those comments don't necessarily matter to me, but in a business setting, I guess they do have a lot more value. You know, it's the direct interaction with the, with the consumer or the viewer Mm-hmm. That that could, per, could be a lot of help. There's a whole lot of spam in comments too. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think likes are kind of shallow. I don't know that I really care. I, I'd certainly pay attention to views more than likes because I just think I don't know. That I don't think likes are a currency anymore. 
I think maybe six, seven, eight years ago. They don't seem they to be had on, on YouTube. Currency. I mean, who you'll see something with millions of views and like and 200 like, thumbs up. Yeah. Um, shares, I, I see the value in shares, especially in a... Um, in an industry or niche kind of thing where someone who is in your audience appreciates something enough to share it with people who are probably also in your audience that you wouldn't have reached out to otherwise or wouldn't have necessarily gotten to otherwise. And so I think there's a a social proof in the B2B space with shares, mm-hmm. right? There's a, we've talked about the law of innovation, the law of diffusion of innovation where there are certain people who just need to know that other people like this or respect this or have used this or whatever it is. But even just seeing a colleague or somebody who does something similar to them share something gives it more weight Mm -hmm. than something that may just show up as a promoted post Mm -hmm. in their feed. Um, But yeah, comments, I, I think if you're in the B2C space, definitely pay attention to your comments because there may be legitimate customer issues that come up in comments. I mean, B2B is just the same. Yeah. This is, you don't see a whole lot of comment options on on a website. No, no. Uh, but that's what bots are kind of taking over yeah. for these days. You yeah. just shake your head like... It's it's <laughs> just... Comments are a mess. I mean, I, I don't... I just... I, I don't think I've ever commented on a video that wasn't ours and we were trying to get, you know, ratings, reviews, and subscriptions up like on a podcast. Um, but yeah, that just, it's just such a waste of time to go through them. <clears throat> and yeah. so I don't know. I know there are people's jobs out there who, who's, whose role is to, or part of their role is to monitor yeah. comments on their company's videos. And I pray for those people <laughs> and I don't pray for anything, <laughs> but I pray for those people because they got to deal through the 90% of it that is either bots or terrible people or like stupid people or yeah. whatever. Um, so, yeah. Comments are where some of the lowest form of humanity go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's time to take a moment to ask people to uh, like, share, <laughs> comment, comment on. <laughs> on our podcast. Um, yeah, like it and share it. Just don't comment on it. Unless you have something nice to say. Don't say anything at all. Um, okay, let's talk about value metrics a little bit. Um, I would say the value metrics, you've got a couple jotted down in your notes, um, but they're really, ultimately, they're driven by what you're trying to achieve. That's that's how I would define a value metric is which, which metrics are are going to report the kind of information that I want to know Absolutely. just to see if this was successful or not. Yes, because that that's what this this whole part of it is about. We're checking the metrics to see did it work? Right. Did it and do so what we wanted it to brand do? Brand lift, if awareness and brand lift is your is your goal, then, then check the views. brand lift. Yeah. yeah. Views is, is good. Check the YouTube's brand lift metric. Right. Um, you know, but but and and just to nail home the point i think these are advanced analytics that have become available over the last few years Mm -hmm. that weren't there for the first 10 years of online Mm -hmm. video and so being able to to capture leads right and to put in custom 
annotations and events and and links and CTAs and all that kind of stuff gives us the opportunity to get much better information about what people are doing with our video content because we're able to give them more options, mm-hmm. right? There's no reason you can't with, with the video platforms that are out there now, the hosting platforms, there's no reason you can't do three or four different types of calls to action, all asking someone to do the same thing, just doing it in three or four different ways over the course of a video where you can A, B test those types of calls to action in one video and just see which one gets more interaction. Mm-hmm. Is it the annotation? Is it the custom link? Is it the, you know, is it the gate in the middle of the video asking for an email address to watch the rest? Is it, is it waiting at the end for a baked in call to action or, or form? Like you have the opportunity to test all those things now, but you also have the opportunity to get much more detailed metrics. And that's really what we're trying to do is get people to take some kind of action. That goes back to the manifesto also, right? There's gotta be something you're asking people to do. Otherwise, you've wasted their time and your own if you're educating them on something or showing them something and not asking them. Even if your ask is, hey, remember our brand a little bit next time you see it, right? Even to go back to the brand lift thing. I mean, if that's the purpose of a piece of video content, then that's perfectly fine. Then you know, but it's probably that we want people to actually give us their information or move through their journey and ultimately buy something. And so that click-through rate is that kind of marketing end of it where you get to see what kind of interaction and how much interaction you're getting with a piece of content. And then that conversion rate is, you know, how many of these people who watch this actually turned into customers. Mm-hmm. Or did what you wanted them to do as, yeah. a, con- as a conversion. Yeah. Because, um, because, I just think about customer success, and you're not necessarily getting them to buy, but you're getting them to com- like continually appreciate your product, right? Mm-hmm. You or know, use your pro- use your product better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's a good point. <clears throat> um, and yeah, and and I, I know there are others, but like like it's really just trying to make the point that there's more to metrics than you know, plays and play rate yep. and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think one of the things that you can do with, with these advanced platforms too, and I think this comes more, I think it comes a little bit into marketing, definitely in sales and maybe a little bit in customer success, is the opportunity to do some lead scoring mm-hmm. uh, also. So you can actually now track individuals viewing behaviors over your library and based on certain like 23 did this really well mm-hmm. does this they just really make it well easy to do because they make it easy exactly yeah and it's 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 in some of the other platforms too and it's almost it it almost feels like it's too like you need to know too much to do it 23 makes it really easy to just kind of set your sliders yep. to to attribute the right weight to certain actions yeah but it's some combination of basically how many videos in your library someone has watched how many times they may have rewatched a video which videos they've which watched. videos they've watched you can designate certain videos at certain stages and weight certain stages differently but essentially it can then kind of compile all of that information and score that lead for you so you know that's really important information for for marketing to have to say, hey, this is a priority sales opportunity. Mm-hmm. Sales, go get this. It's a 
fantastic number for salespeople to have as they're nurturing people through the process mm -hmm. because they can start to prioritize their engagement with prospects based on how much those prospects are engaging with them. And I see it working in customer success too. Once you've got people into the customer ecosystem, how much are they continuing to interact mm -hmm. with your brand and you know the the onboarding information that you're giving them, the you know the quarterly product updates, all those kinds mm -hmm. of things. The more that people are interacting with that, the probably stronger affinity they have for your brand and your product. And they you know there's always the opportunity to buy more. Yes. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean that those are the two main sides of the customer success coin is churn and upsell managing churn and yeah yeah so keep people from leaving and get others get those to buy more. people to buy more yeah um anything else on metrics you want to discuss do you want to get into what platforms do you feel like provide like for a b2b company where would you, where might you direct somebody it's kind of it, i know it's very case by case like depends on what crm you have and yeah Hosting platforms from an analytics standpoint are very case by case. They're also changing so often now. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I feel like, in fact, Vidyard added two more tiers last week mm -hmm. that I haven't jumped into enough to know exactly what is available there. But, you know, if you didn't listen to the distribution episode, uh, we talked a lot about hosting platforms in that one. You know, YouTube has very basic vanity type metrics. They don't give you the opportunity to capture leads and track click-throughs and, and do all those kinds of things. So that's a little bit limiting. Uh, Vimeo now has uh, six levels of service, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. And so they have like so many of these are certain analytics included in like Pro and Plus, and then there's like advanced analytics available in, in professional and enterprise and business and <laughs> whatever the other ones are. Yeah. Um, Wistia, I think, does a pretty good job of keeping all of their analytics available to anyone. You're just limited by how much content you can upload um, what with that plan with. and then what the integrations you yeah. have with. So they've got their like... So as long as you paid for the integration, you'll get all the, the information. Yeah. And then if you don't need to integrate it with anything, then you can drop down to their middle platform and you just still have access to all those analytics. You just can't hook it up with Marketo or HubSpot or Salesforce, mm -hmm. whatever it is you're using. We've talked about 23 before. 23 is, again, it's great with the lead scoring. It's got, um, it, it's great with capturing information. It's great with CTAs. It's just, they've got to fix their lag time on their servers um, so that that stuff plays better. But they've set it up in a pretty user-friendly interface. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're a little lacking on the integrations. It's hard It's hard to call it a, you're shaking your head, it's hard to, well, hard to call it a user-friendly interface. Yeah, it's, it's, it looks young. It looks young, but it also, like, it doesn't feel overwhelming. Yeah. Like, sometimes Vidyard feels like I have to be a coder to figure some of these things yeah. out. Um, but they've got the most robust integrations and analytics, uh, yeah. yeah. So, you know that that's the trade-off. I mean, I'd rather have access to those analytics and, you know, have have a steeper learning curve to figure out how to access them, mm -hmm. than not even have access to those kinds of analytics. To be quite honest, I don't think either of us know what Brightcove gives you, but we keep <laughs> I mean, trying. It has to be good, but but they don't necessarily give us the information we need. As so. long as yeah, if, if I could give them like two or three, couple million dollar leads. 
Yeah. Uh, they'd probably I'm, I'm sure talk they'd, to me. They'd better, but you can't really give them the 2 or $3 million leads until, until you know more about the platform. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we should maybe talk about some insights then. Okay. Because if we've got all of these metrics, um, tell me, if I told you that um, a video that you released three months ago had a 78% engagement rate, mm-hmm. would you be happy or sad or confused? I would feel indifferent because for some people that's really good. For some people it's it's sucks. If I told you that something had, uh, that a video that you uh, initially distributed three months ago, six months ago had 1,047 views, mm-hmm. would you be happy, sad, or indifferent? It's like saying cars are, that car's blue. Like, oh yeah, that is blue. Okay, neat. <laughs> If I told you that you had a uh, 7.4% click-through rate on a video that you released six months ago uh, when embedded on your site, would you be happy, sad, or indifferent? Uh, indifferent. Again. Now, if you had, what did I say, 7.4% click-through uh, so rate? I didn't know there was going to be a quiz here. That's okay. okay. That's why I'm asking. All right. Um, if you have across your um, marketing department are used to getting a 3.7% click-through rate Mm -hmm. on content. And I told you that you had a 7.4% click-through rate on a particular video. Would you be happy, sad, or indifferent? Depends on what my goal was. Sure. But but, but in- You're more likely to be happy than, than the previous question though, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, sure. More conversions. A, a, a conversion, I suppose, implies that there is a, a goal, right? Yeah. And if it's a, if well, it's a, yeah. I mean, I was saying. Oh, you click said click, rate, You did but, say click through. Okay. But it's that context, right? I mean, if I know that my average click through rate is three point something percent, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I've got something out there that's delivering at seven point something mm-hmm. percent, if my goal was ten, sure, let's dive in and figure out how we can get it to ten. But I should be happy with seven point whatever because that's better than the mm-hmm. average click rate that I'm yeah. getting. So, my belabored point of there being, um, and you passed the quiz until the very end. You got a seventy-five. You got three out of the four okay. questions, right? You, I'll take it. You blew the last one, so that's a C, and you passed. And this is a pass/fail <laughs> course anyway. So, hey, good job. All right, you are now storyboard certified in analytics. <laughs> We'll get working on your certificate there. Suitable for framing. Yes. Um, tiny little frame now. <laughs> it's, I'm just going to write it on, on the a back gum of wrapper. someone else's <laughs> business card. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that context is, is how you get to your insights, right? I mean, you've yeah. got to have somebody there who can say, okay, these are my numbers, but either this, is, this was our goal, mm-hmm. and it, there's a binary decision there. Did we hit our goal or not? Um, there's a you know something you could compare it to, whether it be like a content average or the average click-through rate for our video content is this, like that that all of a sudden helps you to understand, um, contextually speaking, whether you're on the right track, yes, succeeded, uh, need to rework something, those kinds of things. But that's why it's so hard, I think, for a lot of companies to invest in the platform because. They're not going to know for a whole nother year whether those analytics that they have gathered are even and and good. as far as I know, um, wink wink nudge nudge, 
Vidyard, Wistia, Brightco, 23. Um, insights don't come with those platforms. It's no. just the metrics. Right. So you've still got to put somebody between the metrics and the executives, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the bosses, to be able to say, this is good or this is, at the mm-hmm. very least, mm-hmm. say, yay or boo. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it takes it takes a while to gather that intelligence and that understanding of, of video content and that's, the, you know, again, that's points to practicing. You've got to keep doing it and then trying new things so that you can see, did that have a, yeah, I mean, you've got to have your baseline, right? Your control group or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then you do your experiments. But in the, in the first year, if you, if you, let's say you produce 50 videos, um, you may not know if it was good. You may, right. you may have gotten a whole bunch of more leads, but you don't have anything to compare it to from the year yeah. before, the quarter before. Yeah. So it's hard, it, it can be daunting for a lot of people to, to start. Like what, what statistics do I need to be tracking here? Um, what dashboards do I need to have set up on Salesforce? Um, you know, how do I make sure all this stuff is working? It, it's, you don't always know right away. Um, of course you can hire professionals who have done that before. Sure. But, but it, it can be scary and easier for a lot of companies and people in companies to just say, uh, we'll just stick with the YouTube embed because yeah. I'm familiar with it. It's the devil you know. Yeah, well, and, and I think I think that goes back to the goals that you're setting too, right? Like, we want to increase MQLs. To me, is like, okay, good job figuring out that you want to do something with this content, but like, increase MQLs by what amount? Right. Or to what number yes. or whatever because because then you spend your let's call it three to six months creating the content then you spend your three to six months letting the content be out there and do its job so you're at that year later you've even if you've got your advanced analytics you're looking back and you see that you know did we have more mqls this year yes we did we had three more is that a success <laughs> right Right, and that—that's why you really need to. It's almost like when you're coming up with your goals, you need to project yourself a year in the future, looking at the analytics, and say, "What's going to make me happy?" Mm-hmm. That's why we ask the three-year question. Mm-hmm. Right? If if we're sitting here having a conversation in three years, and you're really happy with how everything's going, what's happened in these three years? I mean, mm-hmm. that's how you need to think about your goals. Like, in one year, if this thing's been out there for six months, and you're really happy with how it's performed. What are those metrics that you're looking at to make you so happy? Mm-hmm. And you work backwards. Yeah. Well, I've got you know this many views, this many more new leads, and this much revenue attributable to this video. Then great. Those are three actual numbers that we can you can then test against, and then you get to weight those numbers too because maybe you didn't hit your views goal, mm-hmm. but and maybe you came up just a little bit shy on your click-through rate goal, but your your revenue attributed to that video is is fifty percent higher right. than your goal. I would say that that's a success, even though technically you missed two of your three goals. I would say that that revenue attributable is a large goal, and I mm-hmm. would weight that heavier than the other two. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have somebody who knows. It it, it kind of reminds me of when we talked about needing to have someone who can come up with creative ideas 
and convert strategic ideas into creative mm-hmm. concepts. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can do that. No. You've got to have somebody providing you insights who understands your business goals, how content works, your audience, all those kinds of things so that they can not only understand what the metrics mean, but also figure out what to do next. Right. It's both of those things. And, and I think that's because because there's there's so much, I mean, there's so much A-B testing that you can do. You were talking a minute ago about like your kind of control group. Mm-hmm. Well, let your first three or six months be your control group. And then, you know, if you, if you think that you're, if you'd like to get a higher play rate because you know that people are visiting the, the landing page that you created for this video, but they're not, uh, not a high enough percentage of people are actually playing the video and the leads you're generating from that page aren't to the quantity that you wanted them to, well, let's think about redesigning that page. So you've got to have somebody who understands what each of the metrics means, what you can change, and then the ability to at least say to someone, hey, we need to redesign this landing page so that we put this video here. Or let's put the form next to mm-hmm. the and not in video the video player instead of in the video player or not below it, below the fold, but let's put it, you know, let's do uh, uh, two-thirds column with a video player and a one-third column mm-hmm. with a form right next to it so that people see that as they watch, they see something interesting, they can keep watching, they can start putting their information in because whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's all of that context and familiarity that you need to have someone provide you those insights so that you have actionable things to do next, which then really is where this seventh and final phase loops then back into that foundation of the strategy because now you're going to tweak your strategy for a redistribution or repromotion or re-editing of this video content. Mm-hmm. I know I need to make this shorter. I know I need to put more promotion dollars into this. I know I need to, those are all from those insights. All of those actions are, are from, uh, are from those insights and those insights are from those metrics. And without all three parts, you're kind of just making something yeah. and guessing at that point. That's why it's so that's why it's all so important. And you have to have distributed it properly. Right. That, yeah, Give it the right valid. name and tags and titles to actually get a sample size large enough so that you know that your metrics are, you know, valid so right. that you can make the right insights and you have to put the right promotion like it uh, this is where it really all ties together and then you have to have like written your script properly mm-hmm. and you know cast the right people and edited it to the right length and like i mean this is why you know it's easy for us to say that that everything after strategy is just executing that strategy but like this is now where you assess was the strategy valid and do we need to tweak something in the strategy and where and redo anything in steps two through seven and that's that's why <clears throat> this is however many episodes now to get to like why this is a practice right this isn't just making a video this is why video is a verb and not a noun because there's always things that you need to be doing and paying attention to to make this stuff work for your business because we're not doing you know makeup tutorials and monetizing a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. we're educating prospects and customers and getting them to buy things from us. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if we have a million subscribers because we're getting sponsorships based on those million subscribers. It matters if we're reaching the right people who can buy our product, increase the revenue for our company and let us all keep doing our jobs. Mm-hmm.
I'm going to step down from my soapbox now. Kind of got off on a thing there. Anything <laughs> else we need to discuss on analysis? Uh, no. I, I kind of blocked blacked out blocked out i kind of blacked out for the last you did a lot of talking today it was good it's this it's this new mic i'm using yeah it's really uh i don't know i don't have this like wall in front of me so i feel much more like included or maybe you're like more receptive to ideas from the universe because maybe you're not in like this faraday cage yeah maybe all right um so that's analysis and that is also the final part of our series on the seven phases of practicing effective video for business. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to thinking about what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. Well, that'll happen sometime between now and, and next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Or, or the following yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Ooh, we should do a uh, podcast recording from San Francisco. Oh. That'll be yes. fun. Yeah. Like on Monday? Then we'll have to bring Anthony. Or Wednesday? Oh. Well, we can just have him train us up on what he does, and I'm sure we can... Or we could just hire a local producer. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that'd be cheaper than flying Anthony out. Anthony don't want to go to San Francisco anyway. No. Too liberal. Yeah. Psh. Anthony. Right? Anthony's too liberal mm-hmm. for San Francisco. Yeah. Um, okay. So, thanks for listening. Thank you. I doubt you made it this far. Um, if you did, hey, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, comments. Stitcher, and wherever. Yes, add comments. <laughs> and wherever you blah, blah, blah. Um, and we will uh, have a lovely new episode for you next time. Episode 15 is going to be all about something that we're going to figure out between now and when we record all it. All about video. All about video, probably for business. Yes. And we'll have a new sponsor by then. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. In fact, I just got a text while we were. Oh, good. Good. They're probably, the, the office is bugged, so they were probably listening to me like, whoa. Hey. If it is, is sponsoring. Mm-mm. We no, gotta get in good. on here. It's not good. Oh, it's not. Mm-hmm. No. Um, is it somebody we had lined up that wants to withdraw? No. Uh, again. Oh. Oh. Um, oh. They didn't like. They didn't like what they wrote our, for us. They didn't like the way that we delivered the lines. Huh. I guess. Are we supposed to use an accent or something? What do they say? Uh. It's just a lot of cursing. A lot of cursing. Yeah. Well, maybe they um, can use 